All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Florida Podcast. As of right now, you're probably wondering, why the hell are you speaking? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to be the host tonight. Um, <laughs> that's a great intro, isn't it? <laughs> Me and Amadeo, we're going to be switching it up. Uh, and I decided, right before we were about to go, I was like, can I be the host? And he was like, yeah, go ahead. I was like, all right, cool. So yeah, you strapped uh, me down to my chair. <laughs> I'm being I'm yeah. held hostage. <laughs> I will beat you with a butter sock. <laughs> All right, everybody. So we, we today we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, it's not really like the most eye popping episode, but we do have some things to talk about uh, as a whole. Uh, today, the Flyers announced that Jake Borchek uh, was declared unable to participate in the scrimmage at the skate zone today. Uh, Sidney Crosby left early in his scrimmage. Pavel Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, for the New York Rangers, he left early, and multiple Bruins players uh, were unfit to play as of now. Uh, and there's also award nominees, uh, and one special thing that I want to talk about at the end of this episode. So, a lot to get into. Amadeo, how are you doing, buddy? What's up? I'm doing great. I'm, like I said before, I'm being held hostage right now. That I'm just kidding right now, but yeah, uh, doing well. I like seeing the award nominees right now, and. Uh, the whole thing with Jake Voracek right now, it's just, uh, it's a little weird right now because I feel like there's some people overreacting to this, but you just got to oh, wait and see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, 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 uh, the typical Flyers fan there are always overreacting. But um, so basically what happened with Voracek, um, most of you probably do know by now, um, and you probably will know by, by the time you're listening to this episode. Uh, but Jake was right, it was like right before puck drop. Uh, I saw the rosters on the Flyers Twitter. Um, and Voracek was on Team A, and then I get a tweet from Jordan Hall on my phone that says, no Jake Voracek today. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and, then I'm, and then I was like, um, okay. A couple minutes later, I get, I get another one, and another one, and I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, this is just great. I'm like, this is going to be the first person. Um, and then I, I, I kind of was talking to some people, um, and then it was said that in the CBA, um, I did not know this, that in the CBA that they're not allowed to say, I, I, I knew that they weren't allowed to say what it was. I didn't know it was in the CBA, though. Um, I just knew that they weren't allowed to say it. Uh, but it is in the CBA that they're not allowed to announce like uh, w- w- what injury the player has. So if anything, um, I mean, for all we know, <laughs> if anything, Jake probably could have pulled his hamstring. I mean, that's how small this could be. Or the worst possible thing is that he could have COVID. Um, obviously, we'll not we will not know. Um, now I'm going to start to call this the Steve Simmons rule uh, because of what he did with Austin Matthews, and it's kind of funny, but it's not at the same time. And I did not make that up. I got that from the hockey guy on YouTube. If you watch him, I know Amadeo. You do, and he's <laughs> pretty hilarious. But again, um, this obviously isn't great news. So uh, Amadeo, let's uh, let's go to you since there's you know it's only me and you on this. I'm kind of thinking we have four people here, but Amadeo, let's uh, let's go to you. What do you think, buddy? It's basically like you said. It's it's a glaring overreaction as of right now. It's like right now I can understand why they're doing the from the CBA like protecting the player's privacy. That's the most important thing right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and exactly. I feel like this is the right thing to do right now. But sadly, there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, what is it?" Because there's some people that are going to be saying, "Oh, when you're not allowed to do it, uh, it kind of makes people act worse and act more suspicious rather than keeping their privacy." Because when you keep their privacy, that kind of makes it a little more suspicious. And then all that, all of the arguments going on back and forth. But right now, I'm going to just let the process happen. If something happens, maybe Jake will come out with something, saying, some, saying something about whatever happened. But I doubt that. So we'll, we'll just kind of have to wait and see, basically, yeah. at this point. Yeah, again. I mean, honestly, I don't really think it'll be um, like the most major thing, to be honest. I feel like it, it, 
if anything, it seems like a lot of these guys, if they, if they are testing positive, and obviously everybody knows that they're getting tested tested uh, pretty frequently. Um, if they are testing positive, it seems like it's maybe like a couple of days, and then they seem to be fine. Um, you know, these guys are some of the help the healthiest people on the planet. Um, obviously, professional athletes with the way they eat and train and all that stuff. So, hopefully, um, it's nothing bad with Jake there. And I and I I uh, my eyes were sweating a little bit this morning because he is my favorite player, um, and I was very concerned for the man because I love him. Uh, but uh, in other news, Sidney Crosby left scrimmage early. Um, I apparently I heard on Twitter that. He left with his sticks and everything, too. So maybe he was just leaving early. Um, I don't really know what the situation is uh, there, but I guess we'll have to wait and see as well. It's the same It's the same old situation with Voracek. The team's not allowed to discriminate what, he, what, he's, yeah. what he's doing. And, and, and that's the same thing with Pavel Buchnevich and a bunch of the Bruins players. Um, I did not figure out, you know, like the definite confirmation of all of them, but it seemed like... Uh, a lot of uh, the, the, the uh, like the Bruins players, it was um, Coyle, Krug, Brask, Pasternak, uh, DeBrusque, Wagner. Uh, is there any others I'm missing? That I am not sure of. Yeah, I know you got majority it of was, them. Yeah, I, I know. I know I got majority of them. Uh, did I, I said to Grask, didn't I? Yes, you did. Um, yeah. So I mean, that, that, if you're Boston. Um, that uh, it, it's definitely something you don't want to see, especially if it's you know. Um, now, now one thing is too is that it could be a physical. That's one thing I, I thought about this, but then I think about it, and I'm like, there's no way it's a physical then because um, these guys have been on the ice before. I mean, Jake was on the ice for what two, three days, um, and, I'm, and and it seemed like a lot of these Bruins players were on there. If you go on Twitter and you look at the Bruins lines from the practice yesterday as compared to today. Um, it seemed like Coyle, Krejci, Wagner, and a few others were in practice yesterday, but not today. Um, I believe Pasternak has missed the last two days. So, again, we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, personally, I, I think it's the right call to not, uh, you know, announce what this is um, for these guys. Because if it, it, like, I, it's one thing if the player gives consent and says it's okay, but I, I don't see many guys doing that, or if any of them doing that at all. Oh, Definitely. It's it's like going back to what you said about the Steve Simmons rule, exactly that. Yeah, I mean, especially since that happened, I don't really think, I honestly think that might be why. And another thing is too is that the the, the teams are not allowed to announce if it's a maintenance day, so it could have been a maintenance day. Um, also that which, too. Yeah, um, and honestly, it just makes me think like, it, it, I don't know, it, it's stupid, but it's not at the same time. Like, why would they be taking maintenance days? I mean, I mean, I can understand like why. Like someone at this point wouldn't take a maintenance day just because you just came back. Yeah, like you, you never know with the players these days. Like maybe some need a maintenance day just to get make sure they're properly in the best of shape. But I think at this time when you had so many months off from playing, you don't need one. But I think the maintenance day is probably the least possible thing. That's the reason for. Mm-hmm. I would say like like what you said, Chris. I would. It's most likely maybe for like maybe a minor injury. Maybe there's a possibility with the whole COVID situation, but it's when we heard the some of the quotes from the Flyers players today, like specifically Scott Lawn, like they're not worried about Jake right now. They're not. No. They're they're not worried in the least that he has COVID. So mm-hmm. that's one of the brighter signs right there. They're not yeah. worried at all. Yeah, I mean, to me, when I saw that, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I'm like, all right, this isn't as bad as it looks. Hopefully, we can take this day by day and see where it goes. Um, and hopefully, Jake will be on the ice. Uh, as for the schedule, if you are wondering what that is, um, the Flyers will be practicing for the next couple of days. 
um, and I will be pulling up that discovery right now so I can uh, so I can look at this just to make sure uh, that I have everything correct. But the scrimmage today went actually really well. I believe Team Black won three to two. Um, and another thing was too Amadeo that I wanted to bring up yesterday. The Flyers uh, they loaned forward Maxim Sushko to Dynamo Minsk uh, of the KHL, um, which is definitely something that I could honestly see a lot of uh, players uh, doing. You know, in, in, in probably the next couple of days, I heard that some also some more players on the Phantoms were considering it, and those were David Kasha and Felix Sandstrom, who Kasha is Czech um, and Felix Sandstrom is Swedish. Um, but again, uh, I, I will go back to uh, Sushko in a minute. But this is the roster here for the Flyers. So Sunday, July 19th, uh, they practice. Group A is at 10.30 to 11, uh, and then Group B is from 10.30 uh, to 11, and then A and B are together from 11 to 11.30, so they practice uh, for an hour and a half. Monday, they have a complete day off. Tuesday, the 21st, they scrimmage from 10.15 to 11.30 a.m. I would have to think that that is, will probably be broadcasted again on Twitter like it was today. I'm a day. I don't know if you caught any of that. Uh, Wednesday, July 22nd uh, is the same thing. Group A, Group B, and then A and B together. Same times from 10. Uh, and both of them are actually at 10.30. Uh, and then A and B are together from 11 to 11.30. Thursday, the 23rd, they scrimmage. Friday, there's no all-nice practice. Uh, and then the 25th, they have one less practice together as a group. And then Sunday, the 26th, they travel to the Hub City, Toronto. Uh, but again, going back to Sushko, um, I could honestly see a lot of players starting to do this because, if anything, I think it's good for Sushko because he knows, um, with the obviously with the situation with the AHL, I can't see the AHL coming back with any fans. Um, and again, Amadeo, I don't know if you want to go off of that. I mean, I can I can definitely see that. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen with the AHL next season, so it makes a lot of sense for players that have no guarantee to make an NHL roster to go over to a different league overseas to where they have a better chance to get some ice time and just get their legs fresh. So I feel like that's the best option for a lot of young players that are definitely not going to crack the roster. A lot of the old-time veterans that are basically just buried down in the AHL go over those to overseas, just get some game time in. That's probably their best option because they're not going to see any game time in the NHL pro- or the AHL probably anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, especially a guy like Sushko that, you know, as you said, he's, he's an F right now to make the Flyers roster next season. Um, so we don't really know what's going to happen with him. Um, if he even makes the roster to begin with. So I think that's the best thing for him, uh, is to go over and to get some games and get some ice time and to go over and play against men. He's going over and playing in the KHL, which is a pretty good league. Um, it's not like it's like a, a bad league or anything. It is a it, it is a, pr- a good competitive league. I think it'll be good for Zushko to go over there and definitely get some minutes. Um, and and that right there shows you that these guys want to play. You know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They did. They just want to get their ice time in. That's basically it. They yeah, want to get definitely. their bid in. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So uh, the long-awaited uh, the award award nominees are revealed. Uh, so Ted the Ted Lindsay Award. The nominees are Leon Dreisaitl, Artemi Panera, and Nathan McKinnon. Amadeo, who do you think will win that? The Ted, Ted Lindsay Award. I feel like it's most outstanding player in the regular season. That's going to be Leon Dreisaitl. That's going to be Leon Dreisaitl. I have to think. Yeah, if that's voted on by the players in the league, that's going to be Leon, definitely. Mm-hmm. 100%, be a, 100% yeah. Dreisaitl. I, I could see Panarin maybe cracking it, but that's just, uh, I, I don't know about McKinnon. Phenomenal player. Compared to the other two, though, it's just like, ah, the I, seasons that they had. It's just Dreisaitl just, like, had such a great season. And also, like, he didn't have McDavid for at least some of that. And like, the way he was playing without McDavid as well, 
Like, there's no way he doesn't win that award, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. Uh, the Jack Adams, that is Bruce Cassidy of the Bruins, John Tortorella of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and Elaine Vigneault from your very own Philadelphia Flyers. Amadeo, who do you think wins that one? That's t- that's tough. The I don't see Cassidy winning it. I just don't because I feel I, like the coach that it leads that leads to a President's Trophy winning team. I just don't see that. That's that's the that's the boring award. Dominate Tim. Ugh, that's tough because it's hard to not go off bias, but I really do think Tortorella is going to win the award. I think Tortorella is going to win this. I honestly think I, I honestly think that there's just an argument so that a fly, someone from the Flyers organization doesn't win. There's it's definitely like. For, for the way Tortorella, like I can definitely understand, I, there's a definite argument for Vigneault winning this award. There's a hundred percent an argument for that. But it's just like what Tortorella had to go through with this roster with Columbus. Columbus was probably projected to be the worst team in the Metropolitan Division, and through the many injuries that this team has had this entire season, and for him to lead this team together to still find their way into a like a playoff race, and they still made it into the 2014 playoff format in the shortened season, that's still that's something to be recognized for what Tortorella has been doing with this Columbus team. It's just, I don't know. I think he's, like, I really, like, Flyers bias aside, I really think Tortorella wins this, but I would love a late for Vigneault to win this award, too. Because yeah. you just can't not have a reason for Vigneault to win this as well. Like there Yeah, can't... exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, I feel like um, it's... I mean, if to me, it's it's biased, but it's not at the same time. I mean, Alain Vigneault was phenomenal this season for the Flyers. And, and personally, I honestly feel like like it's it, it's it's going to be tough. I know that. It's definitely um, going to be tough. It, it's not going to be, you know, this. Oh, God. It, to, to me, it's just tough because I don't know. Like, it, 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 it's, it's a hard decision. It's not like it's like an easy thing here. It's not like it's a no-brainer because it's like, oh, you know, Tortorella. Oh, well, then you see Elaine Vigneault. And then you still have Bruce Cassidy, the best team in the league. Uh, but as for the Flyers side, AV is the fifth coach all-time uh, to be awarded uh, the Jack Adams or to be a finalist for the Jack Adams, excuse me. Uh, and that is actually an NHL record. Uh, and it was the last awarded to Bill, Bar- to Bill Barber in 2001. The other four coaches were Mike Keenan in 84-85, the year the Flyers went to the cup final. Uh, Pat Quinn in 79-80, the year the Flyers went to the Cup Final, uh, and 73-74, uh, Fred Shiro when uh, the Flyers won their first Cup. So, uh, if, if that right there doesn't lead you with any, uh, you know, kind of hope in you when f- when three of the four others with AV uh, all go to the to the Cup Final in their uh, in that first season, year. yeah, yeah, uh, and again, the, the, uh, AV has also won this before. Uh, he won in 2006-2007. Uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, and then he was uh, a finalist in 2007, um, or excuse me, uh, 2000, 2000 uh, and 2011, uh, and that was with Montreal, and then in 14-15 uh, with Vancouver. Uh, but again, I think AV has done a fabulous job, uh, and I think he's been a, a unreal coach this season for the Flyers. Um, personally, I have to go with AV here. I just do. It's bias. I don't really care. Because it's still a good pick, um, and again, it, it, I I just want a flyer to win something this season, uh, whether it's awards or uh, Christ, just a playoff round. <laughs> like, 
that's just the one thing I want to happen. But but it, actually, it's funny too because I remember, like you know, like when sometimes the NHL on their Instagram or their Twitter they'll post like those like vote leaders or something like that for yeah. like each trophy. Like I remember Vigneault being the top of that. Like once the stoppage was a thing, that was like, the what, same thing with, with Couturier. He was in the, yes. he was in the run for the Selkie. Yeah, so you, you honestly could see Vigneault winning this award. It's just like you have to wait until the NHL awards, which is a very long time away, sadly. Yeah. But. And, 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 and what I don't understand, too, is why is this getting announced in the con- during the conference final? Some of these are getting announced in the conference final. It's a regular season award. Ugh, why, can't not, it, why can't it be announced in a week? I guess because they still technically have to get the final votes on it. Probably, uh, yeah. I think, that's why, I think that's why it's going to take so long. Yeah, so, uh, and, and again, as we brought up Couturier there, uh, that has not been, um, you know, the, the, the finalists have not been announced for that, uh, the official finalists. It's been rumored that it's Couturier, Bergeron, and O'Reilly. I think we've seen that a, a couple times before. But um, the, other, the other flyer that was uh, in the, or that was a finalist uh, for an award, uh, the Bo Masterton Trophy, uh, it was Oscar Lindblom, Bobby Ryan of the Senators, and Stephen, Stephen Johns, or Stephen Jones, uh, of the Dallas Stars. So, Personally, this is tough, but I have to get like I have to give this to Limblom, and that that's not even bias. Like I, I just got to give it to Limblom. I can definitely see that right there. I, I really, I, I want to give this to Limblom. I feel like he does deserve this, but there, like I, like I know, like some people are not going to want to hear this, but there's just like there's this one little fault in my mind just because. He might not get it just because he hasn't played a game yet. He didn't return technically. I feel like a lot of these players that win the award, they go through something, then they return. Oscar, like I could understand, like Oscar does definitely deserve this trophy, but I feel like that one little slight thing is that he hasn't returned to playing yet. But I still feel like out of the t- the three here, Oscar deserves it the most. Bobby Ryan. Tremendous story what he was going through during this entire season with the whole struggling with alcohol, the whole story with his family came out. And then coming back to his first game, he scores a hat trick. Steven Jones was told that he might not play an NHL game again just because of all the headache trauma that he was going through last season. He returns to play an entire season. That's a really good story right there. But it's just that Oscar Lindblom being forced to sit the entire season being diagnosed with cancer, That's it's hard to judge traumatic stories like this but i feel like oscars is more deserving of the bill masterton dude i cannot see a guy getting bone cancer when he's having a breakout season in the middle of december and then beating it in under a year and then getting cleared uh in july saying that he does that he doesn't have any more treatment getting second place i cannot see that i'm sorry like that's not bias at all i cannot see that i just can't Listen, and it's nothing against the other two. Those are unbelievable stories. I just can't see a uh, a guy that, you know, uh, a former, you know, a person that had cancer before. I, I just can't say it. I can't. I, I just can't. I mean, I completely understand that. I completely understand where that's coming from. Yeah, and then the other, uh, and we also have two more awards here that are officially uh, announced for the finalists. So the Calder. Uh, and the Vesna. We'll start here with the Vesna. Uh, it is Connor Hellebuck from the Jets, Tuukka Rask from the Bruins, and Andre Vasilevsky from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those were kind of obvious, and we kind of already had a feeling of who was going to get that. Um, I have to go Hellebuck here. Oh, it's definitely that's Hellebuck, a hundred percent. And for, it's nothing against the other two goaltenders. They're both 
phenomenal. The, for all three really good goaltenders. The way, Hellebuck is the only reason Winnipeg is in this playoff format to begin with. I agree, and I think it's I think it's that, and I think it's their veterans playing like veterans. Yes, like that. That's like the biggest thing for them. And to be honest with you, I could honestly see Hellebuck stealing that series versus Calgary. I can definitely see that too. I mean, Rask, Vasilevsky, they're phenomenal goaltenders. Um, but if if Rask played an entire se- if Rask didn't get injured, then I see Rask putting up a challenge with Hellebuck. But mm-hmm. since Rask was injured for a little bit, I, Hellebuck wins this award automatically for me. Agreed. Automa- yep. Automatically. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, or, actually, when I said we had two awards, we actually have two more after this. We had the Calder still and then the Lady Bang. Uh, so here we'll go to the Calder. Uh, it's Quinn Hughes from Vancouver, Kale McCarr from Colorado, which were highly expected, and then Dominique Kubalik uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks, who put up 30 goals. Very impressive season there, but he... Listen, it's nothing against them, but he just does not compare to Quinn Hughes uh, and Kale McCarr, the two seasons that they had. It's kind of it's this is a race of these two guys. It's good. It's amazing for Cooper League. I think he's a fabulous player, but he just does not really compare uh, to Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr here. He does not. It, it, like you said, it's no knock on him. It's just like Quinn Hughes and McCarr just had two phenomenal phenomenal seasons, and both of them are defensemen, yeah. rookie defensemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the last defenseman to be in the Calder uh, running? I forget. I am. What I th- was it? Aaron Ekblad that was the last defenseman to win the Calder. I think he was. Well, not to win, but be in the running. Be in the running for it. It should be Ghost. It might be Ghost, but I'm not entirely sure on that. That's, I can't be. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, that's a mind boggler. I'm gonna look that up now. But it's just that... like. Like, what you were talking about, Crystal, I know we were talking before, just, like, who should win this, but, like, who do you think wins this? Because it's there's definitely an argument right here. Um, man, uh, I... It's tough. I have to go... I I, I have to go McCarr. You I have, have to go McCarr? Yeah, because... and I, th- I think it's McCarr because of the, the way that Colorado played. It's, I can definitely see that, but I'm going to go Quinn Hughes. I think Hughes wins this. It, it's not a bad choice. <laughs> it is, it definitely bad, it's isn't. It's not a bad choice at all. Uh, but to go off of the last couple Calder winners, um, it was. So uh, in 1819, it was Elias Pettersson. 1718 with Matthew Barzal. 1617, uh, Austin Matthews. 1516, Artemi Panarin. 1415, uh, Aaron Ekblad. You were correct on that. 1314 uh, was Nathan McKinnon. Uh, 12 13 was Huberto. 11 12 was Landeskog. 10 11 was Jeff Skinner. And I'll stop at 2010. It was Tyler Myers. Uh, and then the one before that was Steve Mason uh, when he had 10 shutouts with Columbus that season. But the runner ups uh, were Bennington, Darlene, uh, Besser, uh, Clayton Keller, Line, and Warensky. So in 16 17, Warensky, uh, it, was, it was literally the top three players that went in, that, in the 16 draft. Were the three Calder nominees? So it was Matthews, Line, and Wernicke. The one, two, three were literally one, two, three, and the Calder voting as well. Zach Wernicke. Yeah, Zach Wernicke from the Columbus Jackets. He did not go top three in his draft. He went. He went pick after Provorov to Columbus. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my God, that is (laughs) (laughs) that is so stupid. I don't know why I thought of that. Who am I thinking of then? Who went after Line? I forget who went after Line. Honestly, I completely forget who went after Line A. 
why am I having such a why am I drawing a blank on that? And why is that the dumbest thing I just I just said? <laughs> who who went number three that year? Why can't I not remember that? Oh my god. Oh, Pierre Luc Dubois. That's who I'm thinking of. I knew it was someone from Columbus. Yeah, because it was a Columbus player. That's why. Oh my god, what a dope. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Uh but to go on to the Lady Bing. Uh you got Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, and Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I honestly don't really know who could win this one. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about why Matthews is in here. Um, personally, I'm not really going to get onto that topic, but, um, who do you think wins this? That's tough. Best sportsmanship throughout the sea. Oof. Generally conduct. I feel, mm, I, this is a tough one. I'm just going to go on a limb right here. I'm going to say O'Reilly. I'm just going to go with Ken just for fun. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Why? Why not? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, Chris, I know before we were talking through this episode, like with with all the quotes that were happening today, like after the whole Jake Vorchuk situation, Mike Yo was talking too. Then he brought up a quote about Shane Gostas Bear. I know that was one of the quotes that st- stood out to you more. So, like, what what are your more thoughts on that quote from Mike Yo? Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna read this here. I'm gonna try not to butcher it like I did before we were doing this, as I was screaming and cursing and getting pissed at myself, but. Uh, here it is. So the question uh, is, where is Shane Gossespierre uh, compared to where he was during the season? And what are his chances of cracking the top six uh, and top six, meaning the defensive pairs for the playoffs? Uh, and, this, and this is what Mike Yo said. I made a point of going to see him after practice and making sure he knows that we are recognizing the work that he is putting in. Obviously, he's in a difficult situation. It's been a difficult year for him between the injuries and the success of the team while he was out making it tough for him to get back in. He looked really good to me right now. His competitive level is very, very high. With that, I think it's it's putting his skills in a position to have for him to have uh, for him to have success. I'm sorry. Uh, he's a guy that had that we are looking uh, at very closely. First of all, if you want to have any success in the playoffs, you need depth. Whether it's injuries or it's adjustments, we're going to need a number of players to come in and contribute. I have a really good feeling that Ghost is going to be ready. He's going to be one of those guys. Obviously, he wasn't a big part of the long run uh, that we were going on in the end, but he could be a big part of a long run that we go in in the playoffs. Uh, both with his skating ability and puck moving ability, the importance of special teams in the playoffs, I have a feeling that Ghost is going to be ready to go. What stands out to me the most about this is the fact that that he says here, uh, whether it's injuries or adjustments, we're going to need another of players to contribute. And then before that, he says, first of all, if you want to have any success in the playoffs, you need depth. I've been saying that since day one with Goss's Bear, that he brings depth to this roster. And he's a very good defenseman. And not just to trade him for shits and giggles when he's a very good defenseman and you can keep him for depth. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I can see him as being depth, but it's just... I'm not sure. Like, for Goss, Goss is fair to me. Like, I I get it the whole, his rookie season and the whole, it's just, he's been so, he's been very inconsistent. And I just feel like he needs a change of scenery because he's just been so just mind boggled. Like, not mind boggled. He's like, he's lost. Yeah. And like, maybe injury could be the reason for that, but just like, it's been one season he's really good, one season he's really bad, one season he's really good, his best season in the league, and then yeah. two seasons following that he's been very bad and poor. Just like you know, it, 
I I do not see them trading him. The only way I see him go, I see him going in the expansion draft. I see them losing a defenseman more than a forward. I can see that, but then I if the, I feel like if they want if they were going to try, I don't feel like they want him to be lost at the expansion draft. I feel like they want to try to get at least something for him. That's that's my whole thing on it. I, yeah, I get that, but I don't see them trading him either. Like I cannot see this team trading Shane Gostisbehere. I just can't. With, with, with these quotes that we're seeing with Fletcher and and Mike Yo here and the things that Liam Yo has said about Ghost, I just do not see this organization just trading him. You know, for you know, if they were to get something, okay, yeah, that's fine. I still don't agree with it because I like Gostisbehere. I always have. Um, I think he's a good defenseman, very good on the power play. I mean, like I made this argument before. What guy do you see miss like a month or so of games? I don't even know how long it was uh, when he came back in that in that in the last game of the season, that Bruins game, and and he's just thrown on the second unit. Like what 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 player do you see that happen to? That shows right there. They got confidence in this guy. They know he's he's skilled because he's on the power play unit. Uh, and again, I just can't see this organization. Just trading him um, to for the sake of trading him to get something back because they don't want to lose him for nothing. I just can't see that either. But then again, with the I'm going to bring this like into more of a future standpoint. So you got the flat salary cap coming in for the next three seasons. Yeah, so you might the Flyers might not resign Braun, but maybe they still are tight on that. What if a guy like a Jaeger Zamula wants to become that? They just signed Mark Freeman to that cheap extension. Um, what if? What if those two guys prove themselves over Gossis Bear? And you don't want a guy that's making the money that Gossis Bear is making and him sitting on the bench majority of the time. If you if they do foresee him as being a key piece in the future, for to to put it right there in insight. So it's the whole to me, it's like the whole like not comparing Gossis Bear to this player whatsoever, because Gossis Bear is a hundred times better than this. It's a guy like Andrew McDonald like a contract basically the reason why andrew mcdonald's plays so much because you're not gonna sit a guy that's making that much money you just can't because one it's stupid and two it's a waste of a contract at that point if you're just sitting him the entire time granted mcdonald was not a good player but you're not sitting a guy who's making that much money because it'll look like a bad even though it was a bad contract it'll look you'll you're making it look like basically the contract is terrible yeah so like i can definitely like I can definitely see Ghost still being here, but if the Flyers are offered something that they just can't refuse for Gossip, oh, yeah, I, would, take I, I wouldn't oh. be opposed to it. Yeah, exactly. But I, I don't want them to be trading him for nothing. That's what I'm getting at here. Like, oh, yeah, let's just trade Ghost for, you know, a third round pick. Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, def- like that, that does Ch- nothing for us. Yeah, Chuck Fletcher is not going to trade Ghost for nothing. He is going if he is to trade him, he is going to at least try to find some value. Even though Ghost might not have the same value as he did a couple years ago, he still has some value, maybe to a team that would desperately need a defenseman of his caliber. But I can think of like six still... teams off the top of my head that could use him right now. But that's Toronto, Arizona, Colorado, Winnipeg. Uh, that's four. I mean, like, I, and I could probably go on and on if I thought about it a little bit more. Like, there are teams right now, and there are teams that would overpay for him, probably give up a little bit more for him. Um, I could, I, I could maybe see the Blackhawks maybe trying to get him, maybe spark up their power play a little bit. Um, I mean, and, and another thing is too is that 
Seattle's going to have to get some sort of, like, I, I don't know what the number is. I don't know if you know this, but isn't there a number for an expansion team that they have to get up to for the cap? They have to get to at least the minimum of the cap salary. I'm not sure what the minimum of the cap is right is it now. Like sixty two. I think it's I think it's around the low to mid sixties. They have yeah, to be it's at. like it I think it's from like sixty to sixty five around there. I, mean, I don't know the exact number, but I think that's a pretty good estimate. But uh, again, like I honestly could see them taking him. I, I really could. I mean, if it would were to come down to that, maybe do you think there's any way they push the Seattle expansion up? I that could be a possibility, but then there's also I if if this were to be at the expansion draft, I don't see the Flyers just letting Seattle take Gostas Bear. I can honestly see like what other some other teams did during the Vegas expansion draft. Hey, if you're going to trade or take Gostas Bear, give us something or like the, they work out a trade to where, hey, if you take this player, we'll give you this player or something like that. We're we're gonna like find a way to work a deal out or something yeah. like that. I don't. I just don't see them. Letting go I mean, I would, ra- I would, yeah, and I, I, I can see your argument, but the thing is, is I would rather have Ghost go than any of the forwards we've talked about. That's the whether thing. it's Voracek, Hayes, uh, JVR. I, and I don't even think Hayes can actually go. I think he has a no move clause, but um, and I think with that no move clause, he's exempt from the expansion draft, which I didn't even know about. Um, but that that's a whole different story for a whole different day. But again, um, I don't know. And to me. It, it, it's definitely questionable. Uh, a lot of people have um, a bunch of uh, opinions on that. I don't know if you wanted to go off a little bit more, did you? I mean, there, this is definitely a conversation worth talking about. Like, if you're talking about, like, a guy that could be taken from the Flyers, like, yes, Gossespierre is definitely one of those guys, but then the Flyers might have to run the risk to where, like, how many guys can you protect? Is it, like, seven players and you can protect in the expansion draft? Yeah, I know. It, it's yeah, it's seven players. Um, I believe it's seven uh, roster skaters or something. Yeah, then I, I know like players who are under the age of twenty three, they're automatically exempt from the expansion draft. Or, or unless you have a certain amount of games played in the NHL, you're exempt from the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. So the Flyers, th- th- this is going to be a tricky expansion draft because they could be having some elite, maybe a decent young guy on the board that they can't protect. Maybe there'll be a, a forward that they can't protect, like a, a guy like James Van Riemsdyk. That's one of the guys that I feel like they won't protect and they probably can't protect at this point. Mm-hmm. And like like you said, like a Gossip Bear, who maybe one of one of the defense, other defensemen gets put on unprotected because the Flyers just can't simply protect them. The four guys that I have to think that are protector, Couturier, Giroux, Konechny, and Carter Hart. And Ivan yes. Provorov. Those five are the uh, most obvious ones out on the top of my head. Yes. I Jake definitely... is exempt. Or, sorry, Hayes is exempt. Right? Yes, he is. Drew would, be, you... Drew would be exempt as well because he also has a no movement clause. Okay, well, then, I, so then that's, uh, that's four then. So Couturier, Provorov, Carter Hart, and Konecki. So that's three other guys there that you can protect with Hayes and Drew uh, being you know, exempt. Could you see a Farabee being protected? Oh, definitely. Could you see a Morgan Frost? Definitely. Maybe, maybe, possibly a Nolan Patrick, maybe an Oscar Lindblom, if, if all things go right. Um, I see. Uh, that's the, I. Honestly, Sanheim, I'd have to think Sanheim. That's a th- I may. I feel like Sanheim might be the guy that gets locked. That doesn't uh, get like, locked. Locked in. I can't see Sanheim. I'm, I'm not saying like see it's not either. of their. It's not of their choice. I feel like he. The, there's just so many guys on this roster that you might have to protect. 
And also, maybe Farabee won't be old enough for the expansion draft, so he might be exempt. Well, Farabee's 20, right? He's 19 turning 20, I think. I think he's about to turn 20. I could have sworn he already turned 20. Yeah, he's he's 20, February 25th. Yeah, I think you have to be at the 8. I think you have to be at least under 23 to be exempt. I'm not sure. Unless, yeah, well, if, like, if that's under 23, eats. then Joel is fine. And as for Sanheim, I believe Sanheim is 24. I believe. Uh, I'm not, yeah, he's 24 years old. So I'd have to think Sanheim is protected. Um, I'd have to think Provorov. I think Niskanen is most likely long gone after that. Um, oh, def- yeah, definitely. Phil, what about Phil Myers? Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> this is tough now. Yeah, mm. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, I'd have to think it's good guys right. are not going to be productive. I, got, I have to think it's Coots, Hart, Konechny, Provorov, Sanheim, and Myers. That's seven, right? I think that is. Coots, Provorov. I'm trying to make sure I, I counted that right. Um, you think there's any way we see Zamola? He might not be old enough. Yeah, he won't be old enough. You're right. Coots, uh, Provorov. Oh my god, this is so tough now. I didn't know we were doing this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is tough. I mean, I it holds for interesting conversation, at least. <laughs> it, it does. That's the thing. It's like, it's something I want to worry about when it happens. It's like I don't even really want to think about it right now. Um, oh and then you got to think what, what. You also got to think down the line. What if the Flyers like do make a good, a big move, and they have a big name on the roster again? So you also got to handle for that situation. <laughs> If that happens. I just hope they win a cup by this time. They have to protect the Stanley Cup. Yes, that's got to be protected from the expansion draft. <laughs> We're not giving it back. I want to sign the Stanley Cup to an infinite contract worth infinite amount of money. It's staying mm-hmm. with our team. We're going to have all the banners, all that stuff. 10 you can, years, you can't 10 take million. It. $100 million dollar deal for Lord Stanley. You can't right take winger. it. Can't take it away. No, it's it's exempt. And it has a no move, no move clause. Um, a, a no pickup clause, a no drink out of clause, it, except got, for the Flyers. Got, yeah, except for the Flyers, they can just do whatever they want with it. <laughs> uh, but what, one thing I also wanted to bring up too, um, as I brought up Igor Zamula, who uh, foolishly I don't know why I brought him up, but Mike Gill also had uh, some thoughts on Igor. Um, and the question is, uh, I'm sure Igor Zamula is a long shot to play meaningful games. What do you like about him? Uh, and Yo said that there is a lot to like about him. If you really, if you really like big defensemen who are smart, can skate, and can move the puck, uh, then you're probably going to enjoy watching him play. First of all, he's a great kid. He's got great energy every time he comes to the rink. I'm a big stickler in details. I love that just as much as you loved when I said the poor man's uh, the poor man's uh, pro Robinson pairing last week. Uh, if a defenseman is going to is going back to retrieve a puck in practice, even though you have no pressure. You have to do things in practice the way you would expect to, the way you would expect them to in a game. You have to do the, you have to do, you have to have the little details, uh, like the shoulder check. You have to have the right habits in the neutral zone, even even when you, even though you might be doing a drill five on out. So when you get in the game, you don't have to, you don't have time to think. You can react and do things properly. His habits are outstanding. His his practice habits are outstanding, and that shows me that he's a very coachable kid. With that, he's got natural ability. He's skating for a big man. He makes it look easy, probably more than anything. What what has really impressed me in his what has really impressed me with him is his poise with the puck under pressure, the subtle plays that he makes, uh, how he doesn't panic. Obviously we know the importance if you can't play 
the game uh, with the puck on stick, if you can exit out of your zone uh, with control, allowing you to develop speed through the neutral zone, you have a better chance of gain, of gaining the offensive zone with control. He's the type of player that's going to help you get to that game. Uh, personally, the one thing that stood, stood out to me the most with um, Zamula when I covered him was his poise with the puck. He reminded me of like a Timonen, uh, a Niskanen, a Provorov in like the same defenseman and a little bit of like an offensive defenseman that can still put the puck in the net and is so good on the quarterback position of the power play. He's phenomenal. I would love to see him paired with Braun in the exhibition game versus Pittsburgh. I really want to see him in the lineup. I think it would be great to see. Um, I'm going to add, what are your thoughts? I like I like the word that uh, Mike Dio used there. I like the word stickler. I don't know why. I just I just like that. That's what stood out to me. <laughs> just as much as as last week with the poor man's Provorov and Niskanen. Yep, the the poor man's Provorov and Niskanen. I I just it's just like the words that stand out to me. Stickler. That's just it, it's it's a nice word. It's a nice word right there. I don't know why it just does. But like for Zamula, I just feel like yeah, the exhibition games is where he's gonna earn his ice time. I don't feel like he's going to be once we get into the actual, maybe he does get used in the round Robin. I feel like the round Robin will also be used to find the right chemistry, get the pairings in, in order. And who knows, maybe he'll earn some time in the actual playoffs. We will just have to wait and see, but he's definitely going to fight to earn his time. He's definitely not going to be a guy that just sits back and relax. Yeah, He's going to, he's going to earn those minutes. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think another thing is too, is that he's, Definitely going to be the uh, he is definitely going to be uh, the extra there with Freeman as well. I wonder if we see Freeman at all. That that could also be a possibility. That is probably going to be something that happens. Like like Benioff said, exhibition games, round robin, they're going to be used for finding the line pairs, getting the right chemistry together, and just getting some guy. Like it's going to be the same thing with Hart and Elliot. He's going to start Elliot some games, and he's going to start Hart probably the other half. So it's going to be those games to find the right com- chemistry with the team once again. Yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, I think we're getting towards the end of this podcast. I'm trying to copy a little bit of what you do. <laughs> but uh, w- one more thing I wanted to bring up here. Um, Parker Sports TV, uh, it is a YouTube channel, um, and I got this. Uh, I was tagged in a post um, the other day uh, on my Instagram. Uh, it was three days ago, um, and this was a dad that um, I met his kid um, at practice, and he recognized the back of my jersey. If you guys don't know, I have a Flyers Man 93 jersey, um, which is horrible stitching, by the way. Amadeo chirped me the first time I saw him with it when I had it <laughs> on. But um, he, uh, I, I met, I met the kid um, at practice, um, and he said he recognized my jersey. I overheard him saying it to his dad, um, and then he, um, I, I, and then I went up talked to my dad, and my dad told me it, and I gave over gave him a fist bump. I wish I got a picture with him that day. I'm so upset now that I didn't, but his dad posted this on Instagram. Uh, Parker's trying to build up a YouTube following. If you have a YouTube account and wouldn't mind subscribing to his channel, he would really be happy. It's called Parker Sports TV. Lots of flyers, Philly Eagles, and WWE. He really wants to be like his all-time favorites, uh, and it was me and, and three other YouTubers that were tagged um, in that. That absolutely made my day. Um, I actually started to, to well up. I was uh, I was kind of emotional when I saw that 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 right there. Um, that, that was great. That was um, I, I never, you know, it's funny. Like, and, and I don't want to like kind of like uh, you know make this emotional here, but 
when I started doing this YouTube stuff and the podcast, I never expected uh, stuff like this to happen. I never expected, oh, you know, I watch you on YouTube, and then, oh, you know, it's kind of like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. I never expected that. <laughs> um, Parker, that made my day. Um, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, your dad, again, thank you for tagging me in that. I appreciate it. And guys, um, if you could do me a favor, uh, please go subscribe to Parker's Sports TV. Um, and it is a YouTube channel, lots of flyer stuff. He's got a great flyers wall, um, which he had in a, a video that he made. Um, so again, please go check that out. Uh, and I hope you guys are staying safe over there. Uh, and again, thanks for, uh, for tagging me in that. Cause that made my day. Oh, definitely. I can, I can, he- I can hear you over there. Like about to shut the waterworks, but you're trying to hold it in. You're trying to be <laughs> strong right there. <laughs> it's funny because when I just finished that sentence, I exp- I was thinking you were going to start talking again. I was like, oh, wait, I'm the host tonight. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, again, I think we're getting towards the end of this podcast. Uh, we want to thank all of you guys for listening. Uh, we hit a thousand plays uh, in total, so we appreciate that. Um, oh, yeah. Again, oh, yeah. Um, it, it's, it, it's been a fun ride, Amadeo. Um, season hasn't ended the way we wanted, where we were lifting that Stanley Cup. Uh, what are you talking but- about? The season's not over yet. Oh, it's not over yet. It's all right. Uh, but again, guys, remember uh, remember to leave us a, a rate um, on Apple and Spotify. Uh, subscribe, follow us on our Instagram and our YouTube channel where we'll have all the interviews and things like that uh, when we have guests. Um, and remember to stay fired up.